the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. Doing a little typing, getting ready for my TV hit. It's coming up on 9:15 on Channel 4, Cron in the Bay Area. But joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, the one, the only, from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty. I'm kind of okay. Maybe I'm not doing well. I'm starting to think about the holidays. So, getting out of this holiday season and getting into the Christmas holiday season. How about yourself? Oh, I was just enjoying the music you were playing. A little, uh, got a little anger in you? Yeah, always. <laughs> a little smashing pumpkins, as uh, the Irish like to refer to them. Uh, so, Dr. Rosen, let's uh, talk today's housing numbers. Any thoughts? Uh, they came in kind of as expected, and the Penny Home Index basically is a uh, an index of the number of signed contracts and it generally follows what you'd expect from the new home sales index which is or new home sales data which is also a uh, a data set of housing contracts that are signed so when you see one go down you generally see another go down and yeah you know, some things are, are are looking you know weak and that's what we expected with higher interest rates and and weak job growth so uh, your Smashing Pumpkins uh, song was pretty apt with that. <laughs> okay, how important is housing at this point in time? Because in retail, it seems like housing is working, cars are working, home improvement projects are working, appliances are working tied towards housing. It's like three of the five categories that are working are tied towards housing. Is this something we really want to pay attention to, or can we just say the pause that refreshes? Um, I would say that it's something pretty important uh, just because it's a source of growth for the overall economy. Um, when you have construction, it's, it's a, a good pop for investment overall. It's a good source of jobs. There's a lot of uh, linkages between other systems like the financial sector, the retail sector, all that come through housing. So when you have a positive housing uh, trend, you generally have positive trends in other areas. So, you know, Seeing the numbers today you know, is kind of discouraging for overall economic growth, not just because you see a, a downturn in potential construction levels, but you would expect to see a potential downturn in you know, the financial and in retail sectors as well. Okay. Now let's translate this into housing could pick up because of job growth in the United States. Are we still expecting that anemic or slight or moderate job growth in the back half of 2013? 
I, you know, the consensus is that we're going to see better job numbers, you know, going ahead. You should have the worst of the uh, sequester over, so we shouldn't see as much um, pullback from the government sector. And private sector looks good. I mean, the initial claims data was really strong over the last couple of weeks. Uh, really unexpected to see claims, you know, down at the 320, 330 level. We expected it to be, you know, around 350 for uh, for a long period of time. These numbers we normally expect to see uh, 200,000 plus um, payroll growth per month. So, you, you know, where we're at today would suggest a good private payroll number, and and we don't expect to see too much drop off in the government sector for you know going ahead. So that's good. I was reading a report out of Citigroup this morning, and I'm not going to try to make a dueling analyst, you versus Citigroup analyst, but. Um, Deborah West Weinswig, she basically said that American consumers aren't buying luxury. No, no, no. Lower income, middle income aren't going for cashmere. They're going for coffee, like Starbucks, things that they like, that they feel good about. They're not willing to make um, credit decisions based on apparel. Has the U.S. consumer changed a little bit in the last five years? And can you make that tie that it's a cyclical issue tied towards retail? It's a difficult call to make it on a specific um, asset or specific sector that someone's buying, such as you know non-durable clothing. What you're seeing is that consumers are more wanting to hold on to savings, which we hadn't seen in the past. The savings rate is well above uh, norms that we had for most of the you know most of the aughts. And that's going to discourage luxury spending. That's going to discourage uh, asset spending, especially um, on bigger purchases like TVs and stuff. What is interesting in that is that you, know, you normally would expect this to be because the household debt situation would be uh, you know, impeding potential credit growth, and that's really not true anymore. If you look at the household obligations ratios, which talk about uh, you know, how much the consumer spends out of their current paycheck on required uh, um, spending, like minimum payments on credit cards and rent and uh, auto payments, and, and that's near historic lows. So what you have is a consumer that can take on more debt. They're just choosing not to. And the question is, is that a temporary thing or is that uh, a new permanent uh, response to the uh, financial crisis that we had. And that's going to take a little bit more time to tease out. Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Dr. Rosen, let's talk a little about the Federal Reserve because Janet Yellen, Larry Summers seems to be the debate coming up. Who would be better for the economy? I think that both are a perfect uh, fit for what's going on now. I mean, really, realistically, I, I have no care about uh, either one in terms of how they're going to change monetary policy in the near term. I think both are going to keep rates extraordinarily low. You may have a little bit more uh, tendency maybe on Janet Yellen's part to uh, keep quantitative easing going a little bit longer than uh, Larry Summers would. But, you know, realistically, that's just nuances in terms of overall uh, monetary responses. The big question over the two is what would happen five years from now. And unfortunately, because of the way the current economy is, I wouldn't make a, uh, a pitch for either one based on what their long-term expectations of monetary policy are. And you know, Right now, I think that a lot of the 
discussion and worries about, you know, is Yellen better than, than Summers? Is Summers better than Yellen? Just a, you know, a way of just passing time because there's nothing really much to talk about right now. Let's change it to a more rudimentary level then. What is the Federal Reserve and why should our listeners care? Uh, I mean, the Fed controls monetary policy, they control the money supply, and they control short-term interest rates. And if uh, you know, long-term rates are an expectation of you know, a long period of short-term interest rates, they technically control long-term rates as well. So you know, if you have a Fed that is hinting that rates will increase at a uh, you know, a time in the future that's earlier, let's say, than what the market expects, you would see a rise in long-term rates because they would start pricing in the potential of, uh, of tightening. And that's kind of what we've been seeing over the last, you know, few months where you saw uh, long-term rates, the 10-year jump 100 basis points, because there was an expectation put out there that uh, short-term rates will probably increase sooner than expected. There's some people, Dr. Rosen, who believe the Federal Reserve shouldn't exist, that the dollar would find its own level for better or for worse. Are you in that camp or no, 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 not at all. I mean, yes, you would have a you know, a dollar that would meet a market expectation, but you would also have a very volatile and a very disruptive uh environment. And what you would have is a system of banking, a system of, of an economic system that would be very difficult to maintain steady growth. And you would have a very difficult time if you were a uh, business person trying to invest in and trying to predict where rates are going to be. You'd have a very difficult time knowing when, when to make an investment, when, you know, what, what the options are. And that doesn't make good economic policy. It doesn't make good social policy. Anything else that you want to add that you're working on, that you're looking at, or are you thinking Labor Day vacation like I am? <laughs> um, you know, I'm kind of concerned what's going to happen uh, possibly tomorrow in Syria just to see, you know, what the uh, the known unknowns, as we say it, you know, are going to affect, you know, who's going to go where if uh, the U.S. makes an attack. Um, beyond that, you know, vacation and, you know, coming up seems pretty good to me. <laughs> Let's talk real briefly about that concept of Syria. Could they ruin Christmas, in your opinion, or you don't really know? It's so difficult. By themselves, no. You know what? What the discussions are and what the expectations are of the U.S. intervention is not enough, in my opinion, to uh, really cause an economic um, calamity, so to speak. But you never know how Syria is going to react and, you know, is Syria going to react by attacking Israel and how is Israel going to react? Is Israel going to blame Iran for a Syrian uh, response? And then you could have a big cluster. And it's those linkages that you don't really, you can't really see uh, very well. You you you, you don't really know how they're going to unfold. And, And I'm not a a political scientist by any means, nor am I a uh, Middle East historian, but, you know, it's it's those concerns that are driving oil prices higher today because you, you just don't know if we're going to see a wider uh, entanglement than what this, you know, supposedly low-key uh, intervention ex- that, that's expected. Thanks for stretching that out with us. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Have a good Labor Day. Have a good 
downtime, and uh, I'll talk to him next Tuesday when we get back to work after the Labor Day holiday. 800-516-1220 gigs calls on the air. You can follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Follow me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Get a podcast of the show at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. And my Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. I isolate those interviews and put them up there as well. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.